0: Hello, welcome to the Market Weekly Podcast. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist. I'm joined this week by Chi Lo, Senior Market Strategist for APAC, to talk about what's happening in China. And there, frankly, are quite a few things that are happening, a lot that we can talk about. Perhaps I can list a few that are probably on investors' minds today. I think there are concerns, worries about Chinese growth. Uh, there's been floods in the region. We know there's been the economic impact of restrictions imposed in reaction to COVID infections. There seems to be worrying developments among the property developers in China. We're also perhaps surprised or not, about the way U.S.-China relations have evolved since the inauguration of President Biden. So, plenty of things to keep investors paying attention. So, first, let me welcome you, Chi. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Daniel. Pleasure to be here.
0: First question, Chi, then, there have been concerns recently about the breaking up of regional supply chains hurting China's role in global trade. And this is one of the factors that's shaking investors' confidence about investing in Asia and in China. So what's your assessment of the situation?
1: Well, the concern is quite common among investors these days when they look ease to invest in Asia and China. Uh, but. When I try to look for evidence, I don't seem to find any convincing evidence showing that the Asian supply chain or even the global supply chains are being broken up. Um, Well, let's look at quickly, you know, the China-US trade as an example, uh, that uh, indeed China-US trade volume has been rising after um, uh, a brief period of uh, Mm -hmm. dipping. Uh, after the uh, the trade war started in 2018, and today China-US trade uh, volume is higher than you know many years ago. So there's hardly any evidence for China decoupling, um, uh, disrupting the supply chains there. And then there's also evidence showing that U.S. importers have increased purchases from Asia. So what that means is that yes, under the trade war. Uh, uh, With China, the Americans are buying less from China, but they are buying more from Asia. So when you put all these evidence together, it seems to me that there is a shift, but not a breaking of Asia supply chains, which means that the concern among investors about uh, Asia supply chains being disrupted, being broken, and China's decoupling uh, seems to be uh, a little exaggerated.
0: Of course, we had the U.S. Federal Reserve meeting recently, already seen quite significant moves in interest rates. Uh, I think market consensus is that the Fed will start tapering later this year and after that eventually increase interest rates. But along with that then comes concerns that this will hurt Asia growth. How do you see the outlook for growth and for the market in the next couple years?
1: Well, the policy divergence between China and the U.S. uh, is confusing. But I think there are reasons to believe that they may not be bearish uh, for Asia in terms of the outlook. Uh, If you look at China, the Central Bank of uh, China, the People's Bank of China, the PBOC's policy shift towards an easing bias is expected to continue in the coming quarters um, with more selective Um, easing, liquidity, injection, and so on. Now, that should mitigate the downside growth risk uh, in China, which in turn uh, should help underscore Asia's growth, um, mainly uh, through the trade channel. On the other hand, when you look at the US, Asia may also benefit from a gradual policy normalization by the US Fed due to stronger U.S. growth despite higher interest rates in the U.S. The point um, in the U.S. is that it depends on, first of all, uh, how the policy normalization is implemented and also um, Asia's uh, economic fundamentals. So in, in terms of the um, tapering uh, and the policy going forward in the U.S., now learning from the 2013 experience when U.S. real rates Rose quite fast, um, 50, 150 basis points in four months, if I remember correctly. Um, now the Fed prefers a longer lead time between communicating its tapering intention and actual tapering, and between actual tapering and policy rate hikes. So that gives the market enough time to digest uh, what's coming in the US. And then over to Asia's economic fundamentals. Today, they are much stronger than they were back in 2013 when the last tapering hit the, the region there. Today, you know, the regional uh, uh, fundamentals, including uh, inflation, current account uh, balances, and foreign exchange reserves, they are all much better today than they were back in 2013. So on balance, I think um, the policy divergence between China and the U.S. may not necessarily Uh, be bearish for Asian outlook and asset markets.
0: Well, it's somewhat somewhat comforting then, uh, given that we know it's always quite challenging for markets when when rates are rising. Another topic, like I said, there are quite a few that we can discuss. I think a lot of people perhaps were caught by surprise uh, by the recent regulatory crackdown that seems to be taking place in China, particularly on private industries and some sectors, e-commerce, uh, in particular, if that continues, what are supposed to be the new growth engines for the economy?
1: If we understand the regulatory crackdown focuses, then we can understand why Beijing does it. Now, the focuses of the regulatory tightening this time around is on fixing supervisory loopholes, breaking up monopoly powers, and also attacking the incentive problems stemming from the control of big data. Now. These focuses are actually part of the new reform tactics that Beijing is implementing, uh, which is different from the reform tactics in the past seven to 10 years. The new reform tactics now favors hard tech development, which means production of components, equipment, uh, hardware, that caters for the strategic development of the country over soft tech development, which is all these e-commerce software development that cater for consumption, which in Beijing's mind is not strategic at all. So these um, new reform tactics are realigning China's uh, reform direction and priorities. And it happens that the e-commerce platform falls under the soft tech uh, development, which Beijing now does not want to focus on. So all this regulatory tightening is trying to change the reform direction towards the high-tech development, the uh, high-value added manufacturing, which will go directly into catering um, Beijing's strategic goals in the coming years. So I don't think the regulatory crackdown is meant to rent in private sector or the uh, SMEs, but really uh, what, what they do is to, align the interests of the private sector with Beijing's strategic targets.
0: If that's the case, then I think an investor might ask, well, are you going to see the same earnings growth potential, economic growth potential focusing on even high value added hardware versus software? Do you think this is a strategy that's really going to pay off in the long term?
1: Well, time will tell. But then I I would argue that the earnings environment under the new regulatory regime is different from the old regime. The old regime was that there wasn't enough supervision, there wasn't uh, enough regulations to supervise properly the development of the software companies, the internet companies, and so on. So obviously, the market has to adjust uh, according to the new rule of the game. And with the development of uh, new industries, high-value-added manufacturing, high-tech industries, they will open up uh, new investment scopes, new earning scopes, and, and so on, while the, 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 the older industries uh, that are under um, scrutiny may have to adjust downwards in terms of their earning potential.
0: Yeah, well, it's certainly quite significant change. Well, that leads actually into the next question. I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball. Uh, how do you see the outlook for Chinese stocks in the coming months? And in particular, what are some of the signals, uh, some of the signposts that we should be watching for?
1: I think there will be more market volatility in Chinese stocks uh, in the coming months, uh, because if you look back in the past 10 years or so, we had, or China had, three rounds of regulatory tightening before, and each time, the stock market didn't like it at the onset and during the tightening cycle, which is normal, but then after the, the the tightening cycle is finished, Chinese stocks always stage a sustained recovery for more than a year. Now, if that experience repeats itself this time, then in the coming months, uh, we'll continue to see volatility because I believe there will be more follow-up tightening measures uh, by Beijing. But then by the second quarter of next year, likely that this tightening cycle will finish, then we should see a clearer recovery of Chinese stocks uh, in the second half of next year. Um, and and um, to gauge the turning of um, the, the ties of the market, if you would, um, I would monitor, first of all, the uh, People's Bank of China's policy moves in terms of the open market operations, uh, their lending facilities, like the mid-term lending facility rates, the triple-R, uh, the bank's bank reserve requirement ratio changes, and so on, which I believe will continue to be on the easing Half uh, that will eventually turn around China's uh, credit impulse, which in turn will be positive uh, for Chinese stocks uh, going forward. Um, one last thing I want I, I would um, monitor is also the bond issuance by the um, the local government because these would be the funding sources for uh, investment going forward, which in turn will underpin China's growth.
0: Given the concerns that I've mentioned, for foreign investors at least, what kind of measures do you think the government could or should take, perhaps now, to shore up investor confidence?
1: From a longer-term perspective, continuation to open up the Chinese financial markets to allow more market forces to into the Chinese system there, I think that will help build uh, confidence in the medium to long term. Uh, Short term, as I mentioned earlier, uh, more easing measures, uh, both from the monetary front front and the fiscal front. Now, if things uh, do get worse um, before they get better, I think uh, Beijing uh, will even reverse some of the property market tightening measures. Not in a big scale, but you know, sign of property market policy easing. Will go a long way to help shore up uh, investors' confidence because the, the current uh, credit events that are going on is really, really uh, creating a lot of concerns among investors about you know what's going on in the system, whether Beijing is uh, uh, doing a policy of a kill, uh, hurting uh, too much the, the, the system, hurting uh, hurting too much the property market, uh, which in turn hurts the stock market.
0: Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you very much, Chief, for sharing your insights with us. Pleasure. If I can summarize some of the points that you shared with us on the first question about whether we're really seeing a breakdown in supply chains between Asia and the rest of the world, you pointed out that there's certainly been some reconfiguration, perhaps some disruption, uh, but certainly not a complete breakdown given, for example, that trade actually between the US and China has increased uh, over the last year or so. We talked about monetary policy implications for Asia of rising rates in the U.S. You highlighted, however, that at least within China, the monetary policy uh, is likely or may well get looser and will offset at least some of the pressure that you might see coming from the U.S. On the topic of regulatory crackdowns. Uh, You highlighted that the government's objective uh, is partly to reorient the economy, if you will, towards more hardware technology versus software. And then on the last topic of the market outlook, uh, you suggested we'll see more volatility, but not just normal equity market volatility, but because exactly this ongoing regulatory tightening. You highlighted that during previous episodes – that equity markets initially uh, did not like, if you will, uh, any kind of changes in the regulatory outlook, but that ultimately you did see a recovery. And one thing that investors should be watching for uh, is any further loosening in monetary policy. If you would like more information, please check out our investors' corner blog or reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact. If you have Alexa, You can ask to enable investment insights to hear more of our thought leadership or search for investment insights on your Alexa app or on Amazon under the category Alexa Skills. Please join us in a week for our next weekly market update. Until then, we hope you stay safe and take care. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BMP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.